Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 72. You're with myself, Paul Spain. Nate Dunn. And Bill Bennett. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Hi. Um, now, uh, Nate, good, uh, good to have you back. It's been a few weeks since we've uh, had you on. You're sort of... Uh, become our uh, our regular but we've been missing you for a few weeks yeah it's been nice to have a bit of a break come back refreshed and it's been good listening to the podcast too and, and getting the uh, opinions and, and sort of hearing the ideas from the other guests as well so yeah it's good to be back good thanks for coming and uh and bill uh great to have you on here first time yeah i'm a virgin <laughs> take podcast speaking well, i imagine that uh that could be true i think i've been on a podcast or two before now certainly okay. been on the radio yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah and um, t- tell us a little bit, a little bit about uh, you know what what you do in the um, in the in the world of of tech and oh, uh, journalism a, and yeah, I'm a tech journalist. Been so forever. Um, was around at the very dawn of all this, really, um, and still am. I uh, at the moment I'm working really wherever there's there's work, gun for hire, um, freelance. We say in journalism, and um, I've been spent spent the last couple of years focusing very much on telecommunications um but i'm back in the thicker things at the moment it seems just about everything i write is about the cloud so well there's just so much going on in the in the in the space of uh you know cloud technologies and, it's and where services the money is. and so on right yeah the money's there the activity's there the interest is there i mean it's still it's still early days in terms of adoption but it's it's certainly where a lot of the focus is great okay well let's dive in uh now First up, uh, we have a, I guess, a, a, a topic that's quite relevant locally, and uh, that's the news that uh, New Zealand uh, is going to be involved with this mega telescope uh, project that's that's coming up. Now, it's a it's a few years out, I believe, sort of still four years until any uh, build work starts. But uh, they've picked uh, South Africa, Australia. And uh, and New Zealand sort of squeezes in there for um, for a bit of this project. Yeah, we don't get very much of it though. Um, I think we're only getting a couple of sites, um, and we're definitely a bit of a bolt on after Australia. But it's um, in some places it's been built as an Australian South African project. Yeah, I've I've seen that mentioned as a sort of a dual country uh, in, endeavour rather than uh, so. Is that because they think New Zealand's part of Australia, or uh, is our is our slice of it really uh, pretty tiny? I think our slice of it is tiny. I think that I think the key thing for Australia is is they've got a they've got a wonderful site in the middle of the Western Desert, which I think is one of the few places in the world where there's no FM interference, um, and it's, it's 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 really quite weird because you have to switch off all radios as you drive towards that site. But it's um, it's it's pretty special. I think really, as I said, we're a bit of a bolt on, um, an optional extra, and we don't really get anything happening here. I think for another four years. You've got two really diverse install sites because saying that one's Warkworth and the other one's Southland, like you couldn't really get two further apart locations, could you? Well, well, the point of the 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 this kind of telescope array is to keep things as far apart as possible because it's all about the baseline and um, and. The great thing about this kind of great thing about the square, I think it's the square kilometre array, it's called, mm. is that um, it's going to crank up what the visible um, visibility by about ten percent. Sorry, sorry, ten times, ten times. Yeah. yeah, sorry, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, a, a factor of ten, um, and and it's that's that's got a lot to do with the fact that it's you know the the um, the sites are spread out. Um, it's the way it works. I mean, do we need to get into the technology of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, probably not. But I mean, this is this is different from a from a normal telescope, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. that's I guess the, the the key thing. It's all radio frequency stuff, I think, as well. Yeah. Are they going to find anything? Um, I'm not sure what it is they're looking for with this one. I thought I I couldn't tell you. Um, but do you think we're going to see little green men? Is that what you're asking? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's I guess one of the things that's been uh, you know mentioned in some of the uh, some of the articles that it, you know that it can be used. Yeah. It could be used for anything, whether it it's, it's looking for looking for life in other solar systems, or it's just really looking to um, you know potentially um, you know back back into the history of the universe. And so yeah, on. I think that I think that's the key. I, I think that the um, the fact that it cranks things up by a factor of ten means we may be able to see to the edge of the universe. And of course, that 
is in effect the edge of time. It's the way that you know the space-time continuum and so on. Um, and that's that's quite central here because the further you can see, the further back in time you can see, the closer to the original Big Bang. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, nice. All right, now uh, another, uh, I guess, local-related item are all the new apps that we've seen coming through on um, on our phones in in the last uh, in the last few weeks. The uh, the one that's come out that I'm a big fan of was the ASB one. So um, their marketing team actually came down and saw me at um, Urban Cafe in Newmarket, which is the cafe famous for the old teapot tapes <laughs> that happened just before the last election. So, um, yeah, ASB's team, there was two of them came down and saw us, and we'd had their app, which we installed through Dropbox, and they asked for some feedback. And to be honest... Um, they gave us free umbrellas, and I thought it was a nice way to engage us, but didn't think anything would come of it. And then, lo and behold, uh, on Sunday, I think it was, I got a direct message saying, um, hey, something's going to be launched tonight, and the new ASB app was on, and a million times better than the other one. I've, I've, I've heard some fabulous feedback from people that are using it. I'm not an ASB customer, so I thought I perhaps should steer clear of the, um, the bank app. Mm. I, I saw one comment that said that the... The app was far better than any of the other offerings. Um, some nice features that it's got is a, a quick balance function. So once you've authorised and got your netcode, you can specify a bank account. So you can actually just, without even logging in, you can tap the screen. A little panel slides down and says exactly what your available balance is. So you can see how much is in that account. Um, instead of having to log in with your um, banking username and password, and mine it's quite long and it's really unwieldy to do on the, the small keypad of my um, Galaxy 2, you can put in a PIN number now. So which is far easier to, to put in. You can specify what accounts are there. There's also a nice feature I've not used. I think they call it NetPay or something or other, where I can actually, if I've got your mobile number, your email address, I can put it into the app, then specify amount and say send. And it sends you an email saying, um, Nate Dunn sent you, say, $50. And then you put in what your bank account is and click mm. save. And I assume it then just transfers to your account. So... We'll have, we'll, we'll have to try that when we're done. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll look forward to a payment from you. Yeah, fair uh, enough. <laughs> is, it, is it ready for NFC? Um, not from what I've seen in it, but I'm sure the the banking team have got their eye on, on that sort of thing. But it could well be pa- pa- paving the way in that in that sort of direction. Uh, you know, I mean, we're seeing so much activity in that near field communications space. Uh, you know, I imagine everyone's working out how they can how they can play. Well, well um, ASB's parent bank, Commonwealth Bank in Australia, has just announced um, they're going to go with NFC, but I think it's not ready for another six weeks. And they're saying that it's to do with Google not being ready. Not sure exactly where what role Google has to play in there. Um, but it's also that the handset manufacturers aren't quite ready. But they reckon it'll be about six weeks' time when they go live with NFC um, over there. Um, and of course, Commonwealth Bank has just spent 1.1 billion refreshing their their systems. So I guess some of that 1.1 billion will be rubbing off on us over here. Mm. Yeah, well, we certainly we certainly hope so. Yeah. Uh, the Australian banks certainly take a fair chunk of profit out of New Zealand, so yeah. it's nice when they uh, when they're investing back into uh, you know cool cool and innovating uh, innovative tech that uh, that helps us out. So uh, yeah, do we do we know who developed the ASB app? Uh, no, actually. no, I'm not sure. I've, I've have got it here, um, but I'm not sure if it actually sees anything other than uh, than ASB against it as the uh, as a publisher. I mean, the good thing about this new app is it is actually native on the device. Yeah. The previous app was really just a wrapper around a um, touch based um, sort of mobile friendly website. So the the functionality they could get was quite limited. So it's actually nice that they've got something that sits natively on it and then gives you all the functions. Um, I, I have been reading a few tweets about, because you've got to set up netcode, which is where they send your text message with a, a unique string to prove that you are who you say you are. Um, and it's a little unwieldy. I would have thought the app would be able to intercept that message uh, from your inbox because it gets permissions to do all sorts of things and automatically verify it. So it's sort of, it's a little bit awkward. So you get the message in, you've got to sort of, see it there and type it in before it all expires so that part I don't think works that well but other than that no complaints from me yeah I mean yeah when you go into it for the for the first time it's not quite so obvious what uh, what hoops you have to jump through to uh, to get up and running is it but um, now we've also got a few other apps we've got uh, Countdown have released their new their well 
their their app. I haven't actually seen that app. What do you, what's what can you do with it? So you can build up sort of shopping list as you might normally uh, do with a sort of shopping list type app. Um, but it it also I think lets you do your uh, online ordering, which you can do for you for your groceries through Countdown already. Uh, and it's got a um, a scanning capability. So uh, I'm just um, I'm just looking at it here. We've got yeah your lists. You've got looking up stores. You can look up their uh, their little mailers. There's recipes in their product finder. And there's a little barcode scanner in it. So if you realise you need something new on your shopping list, um, in theory, you, you should can, be able to scan uh, the barcode. You can all. scan the barcode of your empty product. So let's try that now with the Coke or Pepsi bottle that's sitting here and we'll see how it goes. One thing I'd like to see in an app or even just in the store is often when, you, especially when you go to a supermarket you're not, you've never been to before, being able to type something into a device and, and then it says aisle four. Yeah. yeah. This, instead of having to like go through up and down, up and down, trying to find one product and they may not stock it. So I don't know if that could be incorporated into a map or if in, inside the GPS would be accurate enough to say, you know, Next, <laughs> next, next intersection. Turn left, and it, the destination will be on your right. Well, the the interesting thing about it is, is that the um, supermarket owners have been unhappy about people taking their phones in and scanning things because they can do price checks. It's not so much the case here in New Zealand where we've only got the two the two supermarkets, but overseas, people oh, people really don't. I'm impressed. We've just seen the Coke the Coke bottle come up on the um, screen. Very cool. I was going to say overseas people. Uh, Supermarket owners, shopkeepers, and so on do not like people scanning and price checking um, because they're worried that people are going to run off and you know, buy something on eBay or whatever. If you're um, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know how how a store can sort of stop you, uh, you know, really stop you doing doing that. And in fact, if they're if they don't let you do it, it's suggesting that they've got something to hide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially you walk into stores that that will say, "Well, we'll match anyone else's price" and those sorts of things, yeah. and then they don't allow you to do it. So. Um, yeah, that, that, I don't know. That to me, that seems a, a little odd. But yeah, it's quite cool. We've just uh, scanned the uh, barcode on our Pepsi Max, and it's come up and told us uh, what its price is, and we can add that to the list uh, and so on. Now, the other feature which I had a feeling that it had, but I haven't uh, haven't got so far as uh, as finding this, is I had a feeling it had actually layouts of. Um, of the supermarkets and if you're anything like me when you wander around a supermarket you always are looking for the thing that is not in the same aisle you're in and you go down all the aisles sort of three Trying times looking it. for things so uh, if it's got that that would be uh, very cool um, it yeah it uses your um, it uses location services to work out where you are and to find the um, the, the closest supermarket to you as well that's nice uh, which is is, uh, is quite handy so um, yeah, not 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 too bad anyway for a little uh, a little freebie app. Now the other two apps uh, that we had as well as um, that was um, an app for the budget, and uh, which was last week. And uh, and Quickflix came out with their uh, their their app for uh, for iOS as well. Yeah, I downloaded the budget app, but I was just not willing to spend time looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I I I gave it a quick look and. I guess you know I'm not somebody that usually goes into all the ins and outs of the budget. Wouldn't yeah. wouldn't I mean I, I've never had a printed copy of the budget in the past before, for instance. So this is sort of the closest I've probably ever come to a New Zealand budget, other than the media coverage, because it yeah. it, it lays it all out and it's there if you want to have a look at it. Uh, probably for curiosity's sake, because I was interested in actually seeing the app. Uh, but if this makes it accessible to a broader broader audience, and I think I mean that's a good thing. Where do you need an app for it? Could be done on the web. Um, but um, yeah, you know, in in the scheme of things, probably uh, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good direction to be going to making more more content uh, from the government more broadly accessible. Yes, it's open government thing. The um, it's it's part of a trend worldwide for governments to um, to bring out apps. Apparently, I was I was told the other day that just about every government in the world has an app or two on the way, and um, it's it's it seems to be a bandwagon they're jumping on at the moment. Yeah, well, uh, let let's hope that um, the apps that they do keep coming out with, uh, you know, keep improving over time. You know, become more and more useful. I mean, I think around elections, that sort of thing would be, uh, you know, would be great. Uh, would you know, yeah. much more of that information needs to move online 
rather than you know bunches of uh, uh, rubbish end up in our letterboxes and so on. You oh. know, uh, you know, hy- hyperlinked content and so on, where, where you can go and just find out. Uh, you know, much, much more about the candidates and the people involved, what their histories are, yeah. the things they've been involved in, rather than just their little uh, self-promo uh, bits and pieces. Hmm. What's the story with the QuickFlix app? That's just a mobile version of, say, the Hulu Plus or the Netflix app you can watch. So, yeah, it, it, it gives you that accessibility on your um, iPhone, uh, iPod uh, Touch or uh, iPad. Uh, and yeah, basically lets you stream their content, uh, but without uh, you know without having to be in a browser or without having to have the you know at the moment you, have, you usually have to have a PlayStation or you know a specific type of Sony TV to get at the content. So it is quite handy having that on more devices. And you know I was just using um, Netflix over the weekend actually on the on the iPad. Um, and yeah, it, it is it is handy. So I hope they'll keep you know they'll keep filling that out. We know they've got an Xbox app coming too. So um, yeah, I think full full credit to them for uh, you know for getting out there and and making Quick Flicks available on on more platforms. What's the performance like on an iPad? Uh, seems I, th- I think it's fine. I haven't I haven't tried that particular app. I've got uh, Quick Flicks um, there on the handset, but. Um, I haven't uh, haven't tried it on the iPad, but uh. and even with the geo IP blocking, you can still get the Netflix app on a New Zealand based. Um, uh, I think it, it it's probably going. The app will you you can get the app on your device, um, but if you're not showing a New Zealand IP address, you may run into problems. I haven't actually tried that. I've got to say because I know with um, I've got Hulu Plus on my phone and on my Galaxy Tab, and the hoops you've got to jump through to get round. Google's got all sorts of yeah. clever things, not only incorporating your IP address, where your Google account is, where your GPS is, is a rigmarole to get around. Mm, mm. Um, and then they actually don't support the Galaxy tab. And from what I was reading on a, f- a couple of forums, it was saying that because they couldn't guarantee not only the performance, but the fact that it wasn't going to, you couldn't access any of the cached content on the device. Mm. Um, so someone ended the one the version I've got. Someone's disabled that check at the beginning to make sure the model and yeah, it works like a champ. But yeah, it's really hard to get going. I wonder if the app switches on your GPS. Yeah, well, I actually ended up factory resetting my Galaxy Tab right to standard and followed someone's uh, tutorial of um, going right back to standard, turning off GPS, it's setting up a, an international Google account. But I tried and tried and tried, I couldn't get around it. So. Yeah, we need things to be simple, and I think QuickFlix is about simplicity because it's a New Zealand-specific service. Uh, it doesn't require all the VPNs and, and so on to yeah. uh, to get into it. So I think, you know, hey, this is great that they're doing it, and you know, I hope they keep pushing through with more content. Is the content getting up there, or...? Uh, the content does seem to be growing. Yeah, you know, it's had a few. They seem to be pushing out email updates quite regularly about you know some of their content. Um, there is pay per view content, of course, which expands their catalog uh, dramatically. And in some ways, it's nice having one uh, one provider that you can get your subscription content with, as well as the pay per view uh, content. Although, yeah, we we were chatting earlier, weren't we, about some of the the costs associated with uh, that pay per view content, Bill? Yeah, yeah, I was. I figured out that pay-per-view is as expensive as walking to the local video store and renting a video, which just is crazy economics, if you ask me. Hmm. Well, I guess it's nice for the uh, the content uh, providers. Yeah, someone's someone's clipping the ticket big time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because there's a lot of costs associated with that physical distri- well, well, distribution yeah. that that in theory uh, you would thought maybe uh, yeah. should should go away. I mean, someone's got to dig something up, bash it into um, discs. Then stick some content on them, package them, um, bundle them up, send them overseas on an aeroplane, then send them around New Zealand in a truck. Then you go to a store, there's lights, there's kids serving, there's tills, there's God knows what to pay for. Mm. And it costs the same as getting some bits over a cable. It just doesn't stack up to me. Well, it's a, it's a little bit like when we moved from, um, uh, let's say, well, DVD to Blu-ray or, or, yeah. t- or tapes to uh, CD. Um, they said, well, you're getting a slightly better product, so we're going to bump up the price even though it doesn't actually cost any more or you know, or virtually no different to actually yeah. produce it. And I guess they're, they're looking at it from the point of view of saying, well, if we, if we were charging $8 to rent a, uh, a DVD and someone's got to walk down to the store... Uh, and chance they might forget to return it and have to pay sixteen dollars. Most people will be happy to pay eight. 
uh, if they just can click play and watch it immediately and, and I guess a lot of people fall into that if there's not a an alternative option uh, which in the case of, of movies there is because there's piracy uh, that that um, you know those things have to be considered though yeah, as well and the price has to be right against piracy as well yeah yeah agreed so uh, yeah it's a bit of a, a bit of a balancing game it'll be yeah. interesting to see uh, where that goes as we get more offerings in, into the local market I, I suspect those um, all you can eat plans are going to be the way people go with those so well yeah I've actually just swapped to MaxNet's all you can eat plan and I'm not amazingly impressed as it is now it doesn't really give the performance that I was getting on Vodafone where I was able to watch Hulu Plus fine with no dramas but uh, they've made a swap to swap me from basic B-U-B-A to E-U-B-A so whatever that means on the back end it should be improved but yeah we'll see how we go okay yeah well I think a lot of people will be interested in uh, in your feedback on that because you know one of the uh, one of the things MaxNet were playing on was that they weren't just going to allow unlim- uh, you know anyone to come on to their unlimited plan they were going to limit it so that uh, they would be able to deliver good performance so you know my expectation is that they should be able to uh, live up and to deliver to that so um, uh, on the behalf of, of Nate and all other people on MaxNet's unlimited plan we'll be watching this one very carefully <laughs> and uh, uh, and reporting back so uh, uh, we we know they they listen in so uh, if, if there's something that can be done to uh, to tweak it I imagine uh, I imagine we'll, uh, we'll we'll hear about that now um, in other uh, other topics talking of, of internet um, Ultrafast broadband rollout is uh, is going on um, slowly but surely. Now um, the original uh, details on Chorus website told me I was going to be getting it in uh, I think beginning of April. Uh, last week they started digging up my street and uh, most of the the um, the green tubing is in and uh, I've had some good good chats with the uh, installer so I've, I've got a pretty good handle on how all that uh, how all that works and. In theory, next week they'll be uh, blowing some fibre down the uh, down the street and doing all the um, all that funky stuff. Uh, so I'll be able to report back on what it's like to have ultra fast broadband within the coming weeks. So we're all going to move to your house, or sit outside and steal your Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you want a a, a campsite, uh, I've got uh, I've got those going up for sale with uh, Wi-Fi included in the price. Uh, <laughs> Powered Wi-Fi sites. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you looked at the plans? Uh, yeah, so we've got a lot of detail up on the NZ Tech Podcast site. There's a, um, a UFB NZ page which sort of compares the current plans. Uh, one thing worth pointing out is that uh, although we've just got um, two sort of main providers, I guess, that are that are covering the bulk of the country and there's a couple of others that are doing smaller regions, so uh, Uber Group, for instance, which, are, which were very quick off the mark and delivering some great options in Whangarei, uh, we've got uh, Worldnet uh, and uh, Orcon, yep. uh, who have some have some uh, uh, good plans that are available um, in a lot of parts of the country. Uh, but what we also have is the other internet providers that haven't sort of jumped on board and signed their deals yet uh, tend to be running trials at various levels. So um, what I'm aiming to do is to jump on board with a with a trial from uh, Vodafone because I already use a Vodafone um, ADSL 2 Plus connection so I can compare the two side by side uh, and I'm very interested to see what the you know how that will compare uh, with their offerings now of course it's still it, it's it's early days and it's a trial so um, you know we can't be sure whether the results will exactly match what will what will happen longer term but it will be um, yeah, it'll be good if we can uh, we can get that in place fairly fairly soon. Uh, if if there aren't any of those sort of trials that that were available, I'd be jumping onto one of the existing uh, providers such as Orcon. I hate to be a killjoy, but like I'm a big fan of of, of UFB. But seeing a um, a tweet that Rodri did on the weekend, he showed something ridiculous like 95 meg up and down from his home in Hawkes Bay to his provider. But then you saw a speed test from his house to the US and it was like five meg up and down so I really hope something like Pacific Fiber or whoever to come through because I think we're going to have this amazingly fast network internally but it's well Rod is going to go nowhere people behind Pacific Fiber yeah. exactly yeah. exactly it's probably probably motivation for it true yeah it's, I mean it's interesting and I, and I think you know we're, we're keen to see some competition uh, uh, 
um, you know, we, we, well, we're keen to see, you know, great outcomes in terms of our international uh, connectivity. And if competition delivers that, then, then that's great. Um, but I think, you know, the, one of the issues we have is that, uh, you know, the, the latency. It takes time for data to get from New Zealand to the US and back. Uh, and there are what there are things that can be done to deliver better outcomes that cater you know that cater to those limitations. Um, and we're only scratching the surface of caching in this country too. Mm. Yeah, so I think um, you know I, I I think it's I mean yeah we'll, we'll wait and see see how good the uh, U, UFB is. I'll certainly be reporting back on on what the benefits are um, that that I can see or, or or not if I can't see any. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I get it down my street for the first four years, and the plans don't stretch beyond that. So yeah, I was yeah. Just, check, just checking my address, and I'm pretty central Mount Eden, and it looks like I'm miles away as well. Whereas I would have thought I'd be on the first, but I don't know. Yeah, well, those those plans have been just been updated uh, fairly recently, so it's worth going and having a look. Again, we've got a little, uh, we've got that U- UFB page up there with with links back to uh, um, Chorus and and the various other. Uh, providers around the around the country, so it's it's worth going going and having a look if if you haven't done it. We know there's uh, it's not just you know Auckland that's got uh, fibre rolling out. Uh, there's uh, Invercargill they've started down there. Um, Christchurch has work going on. Uh, there's a lot going on in uh, in the Bay of Plenty, Rotorua at the moment. Uh, Whangarei is is mostly done or or all done, I think. I think I think the um, ultra fast broadband, which is doing the central part of the North Island. Mm. Uh, ultrafast fiber. Sorry, ultrafast fiber. That's yeah. right. They're um, they're promising to get it done in five years. Yeah, and I think those that are doing sort of smaller regions are probably able to knock it off quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, whereas Chorus, who have you know got uh, such a large percentage of the country to cover, uh, are going to take a few more years to do it. But yeah, it was quite pleasing talking to some of the the um, uh, the the guys that were installing around my area. And they seem to be ramping up now quite well. There's a lot of people that are going through the training on on how to do the work, and it's really fascinating seeing the equipment that they use to sort of tunnel through under your street, and uh, you know how they deal with it when they um, they hit something that's not on the not on the plans. And they, I mean, they can be hitting phone lines. I think there was a, a phone line that uh, got bumped in my street uh, this week, and a, a technician had to come and fix it uh, because it wasn't actually on the plans. But of course, there's there's potentially power and 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 gas underground as well, so it, it's uh, it's it's not something for the faint-hearted. They've got to be uh, uh, you know really cautious about what they do and, and be able to re- respond quickly if they uh, they you know they hit some bad luck. Yeah, we don't have any of those ridiculous question marks over the project like the Australians have, which change of government means it might all be cancelled. Mm. Um, over there yeah yeah that's not a nice uh, position to be in when you know you've got all these companies that are invested in it and all these businesses and and uh yeah families that are that are sort of looking forward to it to happen and then oh it might not actually happen after all well i think the idea is you go into the election voting for or against it yeah and every, every, all, all the other topics are off the uh, off the off table, table. <laughs> yeah it's just bizarre yeah. isn't it it seems to be one of the major topics yeah 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 well i think in australia the the dollars involved are dramatically different to ours and they don't line up with the population. So in New Zealand where the government's uh, invested about one and a half you know, billion in the, in the mm. process, uh, in Australia it was... Uh, well, the original price 40, was 42, yeah. Yeah, over, over 40 billion. I remember seeing that figure yeah. and that was probably Australian dollars. I always remember the 42 uh, because of the Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean that, their their population what maybe five times our population. Yeah. So yeah. you know you on that sort but of basis, they and some... they've got a different topology, a very different yeah. sort of country no. to deal with. Well, but... they, they don't have the population. I mean, our population. We have a bigger rural population as a percentage of our population than mm. they do, but their rural population is really remote. Mm. Mm. But then they're not going to roll it out to all of those either. No. So it, it's interesting that it is it is you know so much more than than our spend, you know, more than 20 times. So yeah. you can understand why that would be a uh, um, a, 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 a topic uh, when people are voting. Yeah. Uh, now, one little one, we didn't manage to cover this off the last couple of weeks. We were talking about acquisitions last week and um, and uh, we covered the first one and then, uh, and then slid past this one. Um, was that um, CB uh, Woodhouse, who owns, uh, who owns Voyager Internet, um, he has gone out and acquired uh, Net24. Have you guys been following this one? 
Yep, so um, we've got a vested interest in this. We've got a point of presence. We've got a whole stack of service with Net24. So they're a um, hosting company based in Christchurch. They've been around as long as I can remember. And I know CB was, uh, once because he started up, obviously, Orcon, and then it sold to Cordian, and he had a... That's right. A, um, he did reasonably well out of that, I think. I didn't think didn't he, he sell Orcon for about sixteen million think, or something? Yeah, I think twelve million of that was his. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, he did reasonably well of it, and then he had a um, uh, non not non disclosure, you know, where you can't compete. Non compete, yeah, yeah. yeah um, clause, and it must have been three or four years. So he sort of just um, rolled his time, things, yeah. rebooted up the so- the Voyager name, and then I think he may have also looked at um, Maxnet because Maxnet also sold to Australian firm. And the reason I say this, he made an interesting tweet saying that um, Maxnet sold for five times um, their you know earnings before that weird acronym E B I T D A, which makes me think that uh, he may have looked at that as well. Yeah. Well, there are a number of players uh, apparently um, yeah. who were who were who were. Uh, bidding on Maxnet were from from what I heard. Well, um, well the thing is, is there's actually a wave of consolidation going through the whole the whole ISP hosting game at the moment, and it's it's going to be even more the case once once UFB comes in because um, it's it's much harder to differentiate yourself when the service that's being delivered is the same, you know, a flat service with something like UFB. There's not so much room for niche players in the in, in the ISP game, and I guess that um, I guess what's happening is this is part of that consolidation as we work towards that. Yeah, and yeah, I mean it, it, it's hard to be a, a small player when you've got all these other big players around you. So yeah. you know it sort of made some sense that um, uh, these smaller companies sort of get get uh, get snapped up. So oh, it, it, I think it's going to be interesting to follow and just see uh, see where CV takes uh, takes Voyager and, and Net Net Twenty Four. Uh, it's a very different world to uh, to to when he was uh, running Orcon. Uh, new challenges and new opportunities. So. I think it's a bit different too because Orcon had uh, you know ADSL customers had a whole raft of. It was very consumer focused. Yeah. Whereas Net Twenty Four is very much a business. That I don't even think they have any ADSL service. So it is a different business part of internet services. Yeah, and, that's, and a whole range that's of different probably ones. the opportunity at the moment. Actually, is is where the margin will be be serving business mm. we were impressed with the net 24 service especially with the Christchurch earthquakes we signed on unfortunately just before the, the February one uh, last year um, they were I think they were running on diesel generators for about a week and you know we monitor our service once a minute and didn't see a blip of outage they just kept going even though they're sort of swinging back and forward and round and round <laughs> which we sound very impressive so <laughs> yeah yeah big fan of net 24 so hopefully onwards and upwards for them from here great great um Oh, now, just a little clarification, or, or um, yeah, we discussed Spotify last week, um, but I think I got a, I, I got, um, I was wrong with one of my statements around it, and, uh, and I was talking about offline access to the music on uh, on your smartphone, yep. uh, and if you're on the right plan, you can actually get the uh, the offline access to. Um, to music with Spotify, right? Yep, that's so, right. So uh, yeah. you also have to have the, I think it's about 12 or $13 a month. Um, you've also got to have that plan if you want to be able to play it on any mobile devices. So the free one only allows you to um, play with it on your desktop and you can yep. install it. And then you've got, got two, two paid plans. Yep. You've got $7.49 and $12.99, yep. uh, I think. So um, you need the top yeah. plan to be able to do, um, I think the, the one on the middle only gets rid of your ads and the top one allows you to play on mobile and offline as well. Very cool. Um, and, of course, there's a 30-day trial, so you can try all those top features on your phone without spending any money. So they want you to get hooked in to fall in love with it and then to uh, cough up for a subscription, right? The gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Telstra Clear have, uh, have announced some interesting new plans today. Um, th- this is really interesting. So they're... They're calling these plans, um, you know, we've had naked DSL plans in the past, which are really, uh, it means you're paying, you, you normally, you know, with a home internet connection, you're getting your ADSL internet connection and a phone line. That's kind of the, the package. Uh, and there's been a few providers like, uh, you know, Vodafone, for instance, who I use it off the naked DSL, which means you get the, um, you know, your DSL internet connection, but there's no phone line uh, alive no with it, right? Yeah. yeah, so you're just getting the data. You're just getting the internet. Now, uh, Telstra Clear are offering what they're calling Naked Plus, which 
is like a naked connection, but actually it's like the normal connection because the phone line's there and is running as well. Uh, but instead of the, what we're used to with a home phone line of free calling is you pay, uh, I think it's 10 cents per minute for your calls, but the, the rates are, are pretty attractive if you don't use that home line much. Uh, I think this this is uh, this is going to stir up the market a little bit. Well, what's what's the um, the telecom um, flat fee at the moment? I think it's forty four bucks. Is that right? Just for a phone for a line, phone, yeah, just yeah. for a phone line, yeah. Like, yeah. Which 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 is what they call free local calling. Well, how many calls are you going to make at ten cents a minute to make forty four dollars worth? Mm, mm. Yeah, you, you're going to get a lot of local calling. Um, Absolutely, you're going to save a lot of money off mm, local calling. Mm. And and um, I found living overseas where you pay for local calls and and you know the the flat fee is relatively low. Mm. That um, the telecom deal, which sounds great at first, is actually not that fabulous. You know when you when you start to look closely at the numbers. Yeah, no, I found that um, my in-laws were with Telstra Clear at one stage, and they had a deal where you had the home, the internet, and a plan to get um, free. National calling. That's yeah. And by the time you actually worked out what you would be paying if you're paying per minute, and then worked out what you were paying for it, you had to do some ridiculous amount of calling to actually make it worthwhile. You were far better. But I think you get sucked in that whole thing of it's unlimited. I can do as much as I want, but you may not end up making enough calling to actually make it worthwhile. Mm. Well, well, those that that was just a fabulous deal when it was when you were using dial-up internet, of course. Mm. Um, being able to get on, hop on all night for nothing. So. That, that's right, and yeah. and we've seen some very good plans, I must say, from uh, from telecom recently, uh, where there's some you know some you know double data on some of those plans, yeah. their, their total home plans, and so on. So, I mean, I guess what's happening is that uh, we're getting into a little bit like situation we've seen in in the mobile world in the past, where everyone's got such varying plans, it's, it can be a bit mind-boggling to work out uh, what's appropriate because they're, they're so different. And, and Telstra Clear have, have, have just done that. If we run through the plans, for $55, you can get their Naked Broadband Plus with 20 gigs worth of uh, data. Um, now, there is one little note, is that these connections are only available um, on unbundled exchanges, which means nothing to the average person. Fortunately, on their website, uh, you can go and put your address and it'll tell you whether you can get it. Um, so there's that plan for $55. Uh, for another $15, you've got a 40-gig plan. Add another $20 on top of that as a 60-gig plan. Um, so that's uh, $70 for 40 gigs, $80 for uh, oh, another 10 on top, $80 for 60 gigs, $105 for 100 gigs worth of data, and $140 for 150 gigs. I think I'm getting um, 120 gigs now for my on my telecom plan for 105 dollars. So that's so that that's actually cheaper being on telecom yeah, yeah. than 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 this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it will really depend on your on your situation what yeah. uh, what makes sense. But that 55 dollar plan for 20 gigs, there are certainly a lot of sort of low internet users around who you know probably couldn't get anything uh, really any cheaper than that. Yeah. My argument too is I think we've got. Because of where we've come from, we've got this um, loyalty to having a phone line. It's, you know, what happens if someone wants to contact me? And, and my argument is with pretty much everyone having mobile phones, especially for me, if someone needs to get hold of me, they'll text me and I can call them back or whatever. So I actually don't have a, a home line at, at home because I can use mobile. Um, so I, I think people don't need to be afraid of losing their home line. Those old services, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, we haven't had one at home for you know probably a, a, a year or more since we got rid of a, a, a line, maybe a, a couple of years. And uh, yeah, you sort of forget about it. Yeah, we do, and we barely ever use it. But um, I do have. Well, my daughters are not teenagers now; they've just grown out of that phase. But let me tell you, when you have teenagers who might sit on the phone for an hour or two. You want to have a home line. To have a home line. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. No, I think that's uh, that, that's understandable. Uh, is the with the with the telecom with your broadband doubling? Because I think you were on yeah. sixty before. Now it's one twenty. Did they um, throw out uh, a TiVo into that deal as well? Um, I didn't get a TiVo. No. Because there were some hoops you could jump through yeah. to get the TiVo, and we did cover those on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, a few episodes yeah. ago on what you what you could do to to get a TiVo, and that's either as a I think I new customer start, to yeah. move over, or if you're an existing customer that's looking around 
at going elsewhere, um, you could ask. So if you listen back roughly three episodes, maybe uh, six, 68 or 69, yeah. we sort of talked through uh, that. I don't know if those are, those are still available. I think um, off the top of my head, it was if you renew your contract for another two years, the only reason I ask is because I, you know, I've just bought a TiVo and I jumped on Tramie Tab Log and I was just astounded. There's hundreds and hundreds of these things, and I, the one I purchased from the, the lady I got it from, I said to her, "Why are you selling?" She said, "I, I've just resigned with Telecom. I've got it. I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm just flicking it off so I can have a bit of sort of drinking money." Mm. So I was like, "There must be some big telecom promotion where they're yeah. flicking them out. And people think, oh, I can make a couple of bucks off it. I might as well get it.'" I mm. suppose mm. Telecom had a aircraft hangar full of them somewhere yeah. and, that, and that's one of, the, one of the problems and we've seen a lot of them uh, turn out to be faulty Yeah. and so um, um, one, of, one of the guys I work with he, he, got, he signed up and got his and I think he's on his second or third one now because wow. uh, the first one maybe was dead out of the box the next one maybe started going for a little while and then died uh, so there's been a lot of debtor-on-arrival um, units or ones that have, that have failed fairly quickly, so which is interesting. Customers are doing the quality control. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they don't fire them up and, and test them first. They probably did do that when they were manufactured two or three years ago. Yeah. But as you say, they're, uh, they've been, they're uh, sitting in an aircraft hangar or somewhere. <laughs> uh, now, very interesting news this week um, around um, the SpaceX uh, Dragon capsule. Uh, now, this has come from um, um, Elon Musk's uh, company, and uh, they've, um, they've managed to get up into space with their, uh, their, their capsule uh, and now dock with the International Space Station. I mean, this is this is pretty uh, pretty groundbreaking stuff to happen outside of a uh, you know government realm, and and the the talk is, and and in fact, when you even look at the capsule um, that's gone up there, this thing's got windows in it, and and, and quite easily, well, in theory, uh, could have had passengers uh, in it um, docking with the the space station. Yeah, I think obviously private space is the way things are going to go. Um, I keep reading about cuts at NASA and how there's a lot less um, um, government space science uh, yeah I think that's I think Paul that's what you're going to see a lot more of um, these private projects yeah uh, I mean this is very cool now um, Elon Musk we, we were chatting about him or one of his companies a few weeks ago uh, Tesla that's his car uh, electric car company. Oh, that guy. Uh, and he also f- uh, he his money came from uh, from founding PayPal, uh, which ended up selling to eBay. So he he's uh, he's got a fair bit of uh, you know cash yeah. in his back pocket to spend on these uh, endeavors. But the interesting thing is, there's been a lot of other companies that have been working on you know on these private sort of space projects for a long time and haven't got very far. And yeah, and um, I think it's it's six years since they got the contract with NASA to uh, um, to do this delivery to the space station, and you know they said it was going to take them three, but you know still they've uh, they're a pretty young company, around ten years old, and um, they're getting some good results. I think it's the only way it's going to happen. Actually, is 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 with these private companies. So, would you guys go into space? Have you got the opportunity? Getting a bit old for it now. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if I get sponsorship from uh, Gorilla Technology, I suppose I could uh, accept a ticket. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure that uh, <laughs> we'll be uh, we'll be sponsoring any 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 trips to uh, to the moon or to to space uh, or or even giving them away on the podcast. But I note that uh, Vodafone this week have uh, have said that they're giving away a trip to space. Well, I saw I saw something. Whilst I was trawling the net, as one does this morning, that someone's attempting to build the Starship Enterprise. Or at least they've got a, they've, they've proposed <laughs> that people get together and do this. They reckon it will take twenty years. Um, <laughs> Sounds like an, a great idea when you've had a few beers. Yeah, and, it does, doesn't I, it? I, 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 I just didn't take that too seriously. No, I wouldn't take that uh, one too seriously just yet. But uh, anything's possible in the future. Uh, but for those who do want to shoot into outer space and uh, we're looking at getting the Samsung Galaxy S3, um, it's Vodafone are doing sort of a giveaway. So if you, if you were wondering, you know, who to buy, who to buy one of those off then, uh, then, uh, and you want to go to space, then um, your, own, your only choice, I think, is, uh, is Vodafone. If I've got that right, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a specific deal that they're, uh, 
that they're running. Um, but that will be that handset launches uh, actually at twelve oh one a.m. on uh, on Thursday morning for those that have been uh, getting excited about about that launch. So it's uh, it's very soon. It's going to be available on all uh, all networks. Was anyone going to be queuing up overnight for that? Well, they're they're sort of building it up for yeah. uh, for people to queue up, and I guess um, you know really the this this is kind of the big phone on the global market in terms of competing um, in in the space where you know traditionally people would queue for for iPhones and and, yeah. and Apple products, but uh, they're gearing themselves up for a queue. They're putting on uh, events at uh, at some of the uh, launch launch locations, so um, there'll be things on in Christchurch and, and Auckland where they have competitions and giveaways and, and whatnot on uh, on Wednesday evenings. So It's getting a bit cold for queuing up at midnight though, isn't it? Well, it's probably inside malls, so, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I haven't looked up the details. So, uh, But there we are. That's all That's all exciting stuff. Um, and, and uh, yeah, that's that's nice that New Zealand is uh, is going to be one of the first cabs off the rank in terms of access to um, to this, that we're not sort of um, six months down the track like we have been with some products in the past. Uh, now, the other news that's coming up, well, that we expect to happen in the next few days is uh, Windows 8, the uh, release preview becomes available. Uh, so we haven't had an official date from Microsoft, but um, the sort of noises I've been hearing are talking that it, that it's quite likely that we'll see it um, uh, over Queen's birthday weekend here uh, here in New Zealand uh, as a download. So um, so look out for that and also the Windows Server uh, 2012 which will have the release candidate product. So um, word has it that there'll be some new and new, new features and, and things that will actually come through compared to what we've seen in the um, the preview release so far. And the other thing we've heard is that from, um, I think from next week or the week after, anyone buying a Windows 7 PC um, will then have a have an upgrade option to Windows 8 for a fairly low cost, probably something um, around $30. $30. Um, again, this is just what we're, what we're hearing out there. Nothing official has been announced. For all we know, it might be a US-only offering, but Microsoft tend to do these deals globally. But they used to be free, didn't they? Once. Well, they were free plus shipping yeah, from the yeah. vendor, and I think that the thirty dollars will be as equivalent to the shipping fee that, that that you used to pay. So I don't think it's a whole lot different. Right. Uh, I think that the difference that we've heard this time around, uh, if it's accurate, is that you'll get those upgrades from Microsoft rather than having to go back to HP or Lenovo or Dell right. and get them. So my hope is that that means they'll be much quicker because it, you know it's great that you get a free access to this new operating system but if it takes them two months to send it to you um you know the buzz of the new operating system has sort of died down a little bit by then so it's nice if you could get them straight away online or, or, or otherwise i guess it also means that we're about to see the um hybrid um laptops with touch screens appearing yeah, I think we're going to see a huge number of new products coming out, uh, you know, in the, in the second half of the year that will be, you know, really playing to Windows 8. And, and probably, you know, most of those won't come until Windows 8 ships. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a little bit later on in the year. But, you know, I imagine next week we'll have a bit more info around Windows 8 and uh, maybe there'll be, there'll be more uh, around that, those availability dates as well. Um, so that's, that's all good stuff. Uh, now, one story that I thought was was worth mentioning, uh, and again, this was from a week or two back, we didn't get a chance to cover it, um, was that there's um, uh, a UK man who's uh, busted into um, busted into somebody's Facebook account, Justin Bieber's girlfriend, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, they're they're up for um, for a year in jail for. Uh, you know, guessing the password or um, jumping, you know, jumping in and and um, getting into someone's Facebook account. So, does anyone else think that's a bit harsh? Well, it, I I just thought that is that is pretty full on, and it's worth mentioning because you know you do you know sometimes we do things that we shouldn't do, and you you wouldn't expect um, the consequences to be uh, quite quite so major. So, um, what do we got here? So it says it, it's, it's a, a a guy in the UK. Uh, he's been sentenced to a year in prison for hacking a Facebook account. 21 year old. Um, he did it last uh, last January, um, and yeah, that's. I mean, 
Yeah, so don't go even busting into your friend's account to uh, to see if they've got any emails from, you know, yeah. messages, private messages from, from somebody and, you know, just any sort of that thing. is, is it, it is actually illegal and the consequences can be quite major. I don't know that they would be in New Zealand and it does... Does sound over the top, doesn't it? But well, I guess um, he didn't yeah. steal money. He didn't hurt anyone. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, um, and this is going back to when I was in uh, secondary school. Um, I got into someone's email account, and it, it's actually ridiculously easy to do. Um, and the way I did it was, uh, you know, you've got the the security question of, you know, what's your your cat's name or your mother's maiden name or whatever. And the, the friend I had, he he bit me that I couldn't get into his email account, and I just guessed the right password I was in. And we repeated this process six or seven times before he clicked on. So um, I, I'm not a big fan when they say they're hacking their Facebook account because in my mind they're just... Well, it's not really hacking, is no, it? And no, you just, oh, you're cracking. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and the how I see that they would have gone into the Facebook account, like we've written a couple of Facebook apps and Facebook's ridiculously strict about security and app security. So it's... You know, if I'm reading that article or if I was publishing, I would say that someone's sitting there with a, you know, a computer doing something like, like on the Matrix or whatever, trying to break the into mm. Facebook. But mm. really, they've just logged in, they've found the person's question, they've answered it, and they've got it. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I don't or, know. Or it's one of the, or you know, someone uses the same password for a whole lot of things, and 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 you know, there are still people today that 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 will tell other people, oh yeah, my password, blah blah blah, and think that it's unimportant. You know. That that's also you know pretty yeah. uh, pretty silly too. You need to be really careful with it. Uh, we had a friend of ours just recently. Um, her Gmail got. Um, she tried to sign up to one of these apps, put her password in, so they naively thinking it was going to do whatever. And um, the person got and ended up sending an email to all their contacts. And I've seen it again since. Where it was something like, "I'm stuck in Spain. I've been mugged. Can you please send some money?" And then they would send the money over. Um, Google's, yeah, I've seen that too. Google's yeah. got a really nice thing where you can actually set up a mobile number so that if something like that does happen, and so I really highly recommend that if there is that Se- sort of set third up that second, yeah. level of authentication, yeah. that do it, do it now just in case something like that happens to you because, yeah, it can. Yeah, I agree. There's good, some, good, uh, some good mechanisms in there. One of the other things that I've noticed that Google um, did some months ago now, but it's quite cool, if you log in, if you try to log in with the wrong password to a Google account, it will remind you when you last changed your password. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that, that's quite good, particularly if you've just recently changed your password and it's just a sort of little memory jog. Oh, yeah, it's not that one that I was using for a while. It's the new one that I, that I just put in. Yep. Uh, and I think that's that's a really cool feature that doesn't you know cause any sort of there's not really a whole lot of negatives of doing that uh, and I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see others actually implementing that it's a good good little feature uh, all right now um, oh, one other thing we were chatting about near field communications earlier and uh, this technology that we've we you know we've now got in these uh, hop and, and snapper cards you can use mostly for public transport but a few dairies and so on Um and I was just reading that um, the technology is coming to uh, to car parking. Uh, there's a company called uh, Park Mobile um, that are going to be using uh, this type of technology in car parking, which to me makes a lot of sense. If you know, car parking could be one of those uh, annoying things in terms of paying for it. So um, the, the the NFC type techniques could be could be quite interesting. How's this going to work though? Because with parking, you buy, you put your coins in the machine, you get a little ticket, and then. The guy walking past, giving out the tic- you know, um, giving out the infringement notices. Sorry, looks at it, works out that you're there too long, and then gives you a ticket. Uh, are they going to have a smartphone with them to run your plates through? Well, no, no, I mean, you, you get a ticket. You, you get you get the ticket to put in the window. Yeah, it's just it's just how you're paying for it. Okay, but there are other techniques. I remember this in LA, and I think I've seen it in New Zealand as well, where um, where there'll be one machine per, uh, let's say, four car parks, and there'll be car park A one, A two, B one, B two. Yeah. And you don't need to put any ticket on your window because you just say I'm in park B1 yeah. onto the machine, and you could use a you could use your uh, you know your card there to to swipe in and say I'm in B1, and then when you leave you could sort of swipe out uh, on on B1 and say hey, and then it will measure from when you first you know um, tapped your card or swiped your card. Um, to when you left, uh, so there's a few a few different techniques that could be used there. What I'm not sure about is whether the price comes off your phone bill or off your bank account. Well, what we've seen at the moment from and and two degrees of the ones that have pioneered it here in New Zealand so far, and you know we, we're expecting things from uh, Telecom and, and Vodafone 
you know, at some stage in the future. Well, I've heard they're both ready to go. Uh, yeah, is that you've got um, you've got a separate balance that actually it sits actually in the uh, in the SIM card, right? And so it's separate from your mobile account. But in theory, you could, and th- this might be one of the reasons for the holdup, you could top it up off your mobile account rather than off a separate credit card, which is how Two Degrees are doing it at the moment. Uh, but I mean, it's great to see something started, and I, you know, I've used it a couple of times. Um, with the the two degrees handset, and I think you know officially launched just in Wellington at the moment, but it's good to see it out there, and um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what other uses they're going to be of this uh, this technology. You know, the sooner we can get rid of wallets full of stacks of cards and cash, and um, you know we we can simplify it down, the the better. I think I've got NFC on my phone. I just haven't used it yet. Well, there are most phones. There's not uh, there's not much of a way to use it in New yeah. Zealand. Uh, but that's gonna, I think that's going to change over the coming months. So, um, yeah, it's good. Uh, now, oh, uh, two, two more things before we finish up. Um, uh, Microsoft announced this week that um, their normal registrations are open for their TechEd conference, which, of course, is sort of the, the biggest tech conference in New Zealand, comes up, uh, comes up each year. Uh, they've sold out of their early bird tickets. I, I don't know how long those were on uh, were on sale for, but uh, they're they're now selling their uh, their normal tickets. So uh, uh, if you want to get along, it is with um, uh, registering sooner rather than later because they have been known to to sell out. In fact, I think just about every year they tend to sell out, don't they? Um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's going to be good when they build this new convention center for. Ticket. Yeah, because it'll be able to actually grow to a bigger size, yeah, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's probably the main conference at the moment that pushes the limits yeah. of uh, of our convention centre capabilities in New Zealand. But I hope if they do go ahead and build it, that, that we get a bunch more conferences coming that can uh, that can make use of the bigger space. Crack, I hope so. Um, <laughs> and the the last little bit of news um, for for those who use iOS, iPhone, or um, uh, iPad, etc. Um, Apple have uh, launched a free app of the week. Now we've seen this on Android before, sort of app of the day, where you can get a free app. Uh, we've now got a similar thing on uh, on iOS with an app of the week. So the first app of the week I installed was. Is it Cut the Rope? Possibly? Yeah, it's a variation of Cut the Rope. Uh, Cut the Rope. Which edition is it? Um, Experiments. I think I'm reading. Yeah, that's that sounds like the one. So uh, yeah, and and for those that haven't played Cut the Rope, it's kind of fun. Uh, you can also play it. it comes free. Uh, it's a free app on the Windows 8 uh, consumer preview as well. So if you've got a uh, touch screen on your Windows, so there's there's a few ways you can play uh, Cut the Rope. But um, yeah, so I'm and assuming the the developer would be offering it for the um, exposure rather than Apple saying, "Oh, we'll give you two dollars for everyone they've downloaded." Or do we know? What it's uh, set up for the I don't think they've disclosed the business model. I imagine they'll probably keep that pretty quiet yeah. between them and the uh, uh, the the app developers. Uh, but yeah, I imagine it's uh, uh, you know they've worked out a deal that's good for everyone. I, it would be would be my take. Um, I, I yeah, so free upgrades or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure. I mean, it's great exposure for for the apps concerned. And there you go. You know, cut the ropes. Been mentioned on you know um, umpteen you know dozens or hundreds or thousands of websites now this week and however many podcasts yeah. so uh even if they've got it they've given out a million uh you know a million freebies they'll probably sell uh an extra million an extra million more over the next little while so yeah i don't think it'll hurt them it's worth it to have everyone talking about you exactly well that's probably us for talking about things for the week uh we've uh we've run run through all our uh, our key topics we've probably caught up on a few that we uh, missed out on the last couple of weeks because we ran out of time um yeah now um guys where do we uh, where do we track you down online bill uh, to start with up my own site um billbennett.co.nz with two n's two t's two of everything really Excellent. We'll put a link up on the NZ Tech podcast site so uh, so people can track you down. And you're on uh, you're on Twitter as well, Bill Bennett NZ. Excellent. And Nate, um, I blog through Geekzone, but my domain points to it, so it's natedun.com, and also available on Twitter just as Nate. Excellent, excellent. All right, that's good. Uh, and yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter, which is just my name, Paul Spain, uh, and my main uh, sort of blog is kept on Tech Jungle dot com uh which also links in uh through uh 
uh, fabulous Geekzone uh, site. Uh, and, of course, for NZ Tech Podcast, you can find our main website online at nztechpodcast.com. Uh, we're twitter.com slash nztechpodcast and facebook.com slash nztechpodcast. Uh, love to hear your feedback through any of those channels. Or you can uh, you can drop us an email. Um, it's almost old school, isn't it, email now? Um, we won't give out a postal address, but you can get us on email, feedback at nztechpodcast.com. Answers on a postcard, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we'll reply via Telegram. Um, and uh, stay tuned next week. We've got, uh, we've got a little competition we'll be running. So uh, if, you're, um, if you've been looking out for a smartphone and... Uh, just can't decide. We will uh, we will uh, help uh, help you think about one that uh, that might be worth considering, uh, and we'll be giving one of those away. So um, yep, we will catch everyone on the next show. See ya.